0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and this is the show where we take your calls and your questions 303-690-3000 is the number 303-690-3000 text me at 720-336-0897 I have been away for the last couple of weeks I was uh, in uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure if I missed one or two days for my trip to Houston but I was in Houston Texas For a couple of days, I was invited to be the speaker at the Fusion Conference at Calvary Chapel in Houston, Texas, and had a great time meeting pastors and wives from Oklahoma and Texas. And then from Houston, I flew to Southern California, and I went to the Calvary Chapel Bible College, where I was a teacher, uh, was asked to share at a worship conference, which I am so encouraged to, to get together with not only just with other believers, but with worship leaders. What a special group of men and women you are that lead our church in music and in song, and that part of the worship service is always a blessing to me. We are blessed with uh, Pastor Ian as our worship leader. What We call him our pa- worship pastor, and, and then he has other men like Pastor Jason leads worship here, and we have quite a few that will lead worship, and I'm thankful uh, for you, I'm thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm thankful to that that you, all the effort and energy that worship leaders and their teams put together. And I know many of you you're gifted in song, you're gifted in musical instruments, and you're using those gifts for the glory of God. And maybe the Lord would just have you to stir up love and good works that you would uh, you would join your worship team. Uh, and use your gift and, and your talent to use, uh, to use your gifts and talents for the glory of God. Um, be a great thing to do. 303 690 3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Um, shout out to everyone listening on Hope FM, uh, to everyone listening on Truth FM, to everyone listening on our podcast, li- listening live on Grace FM. Or the Grace FM app. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, let's go over to Chris in Greeley, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi.
3: Um, I have a question. Okay. Um, when God poured water, turned water into wine at the wedding, yes, and gave it to him. Um, wait, what was the guy he gave it to?
0: Well, it was, a, it was a group. It was to a group. The person that's mentioned there was his mom, but it's to a group. The name of the, the leader is, or the name of the head of the house isn't given.
3: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, didn't Jesus say that he can't be drunk with wine?
0: Yeah, the Bible does teach that you can't be drunk with wine. Uh, and these guys were already drunk. We already know that before the water was made. Uh, this is John chapter 2. and And so the... The, the question you're probably asking is, why would Jesus make wine and at the same time tell a group of people that they can't be drunk?
3: Yeah, that's what I was just asking.
0: Okay, so the, the, the first part of the wine, of making of wine was wine was a common drink in the time of Jesus. It wasn't always something that uh, was used to get drunk, but at this celebration they certainly did use it to get drunk, And Jesus used wine here, turning the water to wine, to bless the people at the feast. It was a gift to them. He wasn't encouraging them to get drunk as much as he was encouraging them to enjoy the quality of the wine that was given. So it's possible, we learn, that Jesus, he made good wine, right? In verse 10 it says he made good wine. Uh, He didn't bring out the, the worst. But we know this wine wasn't used in getting them drunk because they were already drunk. And he was giving them uh, something good as a picture of the rest of his life in ministry. So it's possible, to, it's possible to both make water into wine and also keep the commandment not to get drunk because getting drunk is consuming far too much wine, but this group of people were already drunk. Oh. And one more thing. There were many people at the wine at the wedding that weren't drunk, that could enjoy that wine without being drunk.
3: Hmm, I didn't know that. Usually, any um, wasn't it when it, on the last p- Passover? Did any like. Used wine for the drink and then the bread.
0: He did. It was like I like I mentioned. It, it, it was real wine, and it was a common drink because there was there were those that had wine like today, with it, which it had a lot of alcohol in, but also a lot of the water that was drunk drink during that time had wine mixed in with it to kill all the bacteria because you know they didn't have they didn't have um, machines and big water purification plants to purify the water, so they used wine. Um, now the water, the wine that was here in chapter two was real, authentic wine. It wasn't watered down wine, but it also wasn't given for them to be drunk, but to enjoy.
3: Oh, oh, well, that's interesting.
0: It is, and it's a good question because it's a very common question. A lot of times, I I think um, my the, the Frank, the call screener said you're in the fourth grade, right? Yep. A lot of times, people that like to excuse their behavior—they uh, like people that are drunkards, people that like to get drunk all the time—will come back and say, "Well, if Jesus made wine, it's okay to be drunk." But like your question just asked, it's okay to have wine. Uh, it's okay to have wine created and made, but it's not okay to get drunk. Both those things are true at the same time.
3: Hmm. So it's a, basically a mix between.
0: A mi- or, um... In what is a mix? What do you mean?
3: What I'm just saying is like it's bad and it's good if you don't like drink all of it and stuff, like drink a lot of it.
0: Well, I have a personal view that I would encourage everyone, including you, Chris, to stay away from it completely because you you want to stay away. You'll never I always like to tell the church here, you'll never get drunk if you don't take the first drink. Never. You'll never sin that way if you never take the first drink. And it's just one of those substances that can bring you under its power. But again, culturally, in the life of Jesus, wine was a common drink that was taken every day um, of the week, and people never got drunk. The Bible records Jesus as drinking wine and not getting drunk.
3: Oh, so it's, so you don't drink it, well, well, yeah, I mean, like, you don't drink it, first of all, because you'll be influenced under sin, right?
0: Yeah, well, you have the possibility of getting influenced towards sin, yes, and... And my personal testimony, the reason I have such a strong stand on this, is even though I know Jesus could do it and not sin, I wasn't able to do it and not sin. Uh, it, alcohol almost wrecked and ruined my entire life. And so I've spent the whole, my whole life encouraging people to give up this liberty for the sake of their own personal life. Um, I don't want to lord it over them. You know. I don't want to uh, live their life for them, but they could use my bad testimony as an example that they can avoid a lot of pain and suffering if they avoid it altogether. And that's what I would tell you. You could avoid a lot of pain and suffering if you avoid wine altogether. Because you're not Jesus, and neither am I.
3: Yeah, I mean, no one could be better than Jesus, am Nobody. I right? That's right. Yeah, what? that's really good advice. I mean, my dad like, um, drinks alcohol a lot, and my um mom had to stay away from him. Mm, I'm sorry. That's
0: It's hard. okay. That was... That, that's a hard situation. Can I pray for you? Sure. Okay, let's, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friend Chris as he describes his family situation, uh, especially when it involves alcohol, and I pray that you would strengthen Chris in some of the challenges that he faces already as a fourth grader, that you would give him strength and wisdom to live his life to please you and honor you, and that he would follow good examples and avoid bad examples as he abides in you and draws his strength and his, uh, his help and his hope directly from you, Chris, or excuse me, directly from you, Lord. So I pray for my brother Chris that you'd encourage and strengthen him today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, buddy, thanks for calling.
3: All right, thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000, got an open line if you'd like to take it, 303-690-3000. Adriana's calling in Colorado here. Adriana, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're Um, welcome. It's my first time talking to you, so I'm excited. All right, what's up? (laughs) Uh, I need a prayer request. I really need a financial breakthrough in my life. So so, um, my church needs uh, a prayer also. Financially, I mean, we've just been struggling lately, especially Mm. um, my end. So I'm a single mother, and I really need financial breakthrough
0: prayer please let's do that father I'm, I'm reminded when i think and i hear adriana i'm reminded of the truth in your word that says my god shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by christ jesus and i pray that over my sister i pray that over her church family that god you would indeed supply all of her need according to your riches in christ jesus and that you would provide the needs of adriana as a single mom and the challenges that she's facing. That, God, you would help to, like the widow uh, with Elijah, that she would bring all of her empty pots to you, Lord, and you would fulfill that promise of filling them with oil, as many pots as she could bring. And so I pray that you would teach her, God, by faith, to cling to you in the supply. You said, God, that you will withhold no good thing for those who walk uprightly. So I pray, God, that you would pour out your spirit of abundance upon Adriana, and provide the miraculous provision to supply for her needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Amen, Pastor. Thank you. Have a great day. Call
0: us back when, uh, as God provides, okay?
1: <laughs> yes, I will.
3: All right, bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Let's see who's next here. Ah, lines are open. So this is your time to get on the air. 303 690 is the number. Let's see. <clears throat> Hi, Pastor. Can you please pray for a dear friend of mine, diabetic, went into heart failure, uh, and was revived in ICU, um, that they get to know the Lord and provide a miracle for him and his family. Also, grandson Jacob is dealing with bullying at school and also has a health problem, um, pray that God would heal him from this issue. And some of the challenges that he has. So Father, I, I ask God for this friend that uh, is in the ICU. ICU is a very scary place of the hospital and I'm just thankful for the doctors and the nurses that are dedicated to serving some of the most challenging places. Uh, in the ICU, the NICU, the emergency room. Bless them and encourage them as they deal with difficulties and hardships so so much and so frequently. I also pray for the patients, including this one who is in the ICU, That that this whole situation would lead him to a saving faith in you. And I pray for Jacob. I pray for Jacob as he faces bullying and is teased endlessly, because of his body uh, size and uh, i pray that you would enable him uh, to endure and to overcome some of the challenges in jesus name amen amen all right let's go to line one is keith keith uh, where are you calling from keith
1: Yes, hello, Pastor. And I uh, live and work at the uh, Grand Canyon.
0: Oh, right on. I that yeah. was uh, that, I saw that on the call screen, but I wasn't sure if it was accurate. Yes. Hey, what's going on?
1: Well, I wanted to say thank you first. I've been listening to you. Uh, I've been living in Arizona. I've been listening to you for years, and uh, I wanted to say thank you for always uh, sharing so much uh, personal personal uh. your personal struggles and such you're welcome um and you've also replied to me on the email and i want to thank you for that but I'm separated from my wife and kids mm. gotten sick and it's been a hard time last year and it's been about a year now so
0: well father i pray for my brother keith as he faces the pain of being separated and uh, being separated from his kids and all the pain and hurt that that comes from, and, I pray you'd encourage him and strengthen him, Lord, and I pray that truly um, you would work m- in a miraculous way to bring a reconciliation and change in the hearts of those that have the power to make decisions. Um, I know that we often face these situations with other people that are outside of our control and so challenging and difficult. And, and waiting on you, as, especially when it involves not being connected to our kids or grandkids, is very hard. But you enable us to wait. And your word says that, the, the, that connected to waiting is strength renewed. And I would, I, I would see the proportion, Lord, of long waiting means a lot more strength added to our lives. And I pray for that strength to be poured into Keith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, Keith, stay in touch. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 690 is the number. I'm taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Let's go back to the phone lines, and we're going to pick up with Pat in Greeley, Colorado. Pat, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Pastor. How are you doing this evening? I'm
0: doing well. How are you?
2: Doing well. Pastor, this is a prayer request. request. Um, My brother found out this week um, that he has prostate cancer, Mm. and... um, and it, it, he, knows, he, he knows of Christ, but, and, and I, I believe he thinks he believes in him, but he doesn't, he doesn't have a clear um, understanding of salvation and what it means and the most basic things of our faith. So I'm very concerned about him, and uh, I'm, in, I'm in conversation with him now to do some prayer studies with him over the phone. He lives in New York. Um, so I would like you to, if you can, uh, pray for two things.
0: Okay.
2: One that whatever happens to him, pray that his actions and his attitude and what he goes through, he honors God, uh, meaning he acts, he acts respect, uh, respectful and stuff. W- w- I've heard—I don't know if I heard you or that one of the other pastors say—one out of one of us dies everyone is destined to die here but um how you handle it and how you honor god while you're going through this type of trial is super important to people around you so if you can one pray that he handles this in a godly way and two if you can uh, put a blessing on the effort to try to get him in dialogue with me to discover who christ really is in this critical time
0: father i pray for my um my brother's friend, as he has a deep heart and concern for him. And I know Pat loves him and cares for him. And we ask for that honorable response from his friend as he battles uh, that honorable, kind response. And that through this trial and through this difficulty, God, we pray for salvation. We pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in a wonderful, powerful way, one that leads to life change. And I pray that you would give Pat the word and the wisdom, that you would give Pat the understanding of how to serve his friend and how to be that, that light and that salt in his life. And so we know, God, that you hear our prayers. And by faith, we submit to you our heart's desires, asking you for do to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name,
2: amen. Pastor Ed, you have a blessed evening. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Uh, hey, Pastor Ed. Pastor Al said there's no one in heaven right now, and the first two will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. Can you explain this, please? Uh, because I don't know what Pastor Al said, uh, I can't really speak to the fullness of what he was trying to explain. Uh, we know that there's a new heaven and a new earth that is coming, and that the, wherever the presence of God is, that's considered heaven, the afterlife. Uh, and so the the fact that when a person dies, a believer dies to be absent from the body is to be present in the Lord in a very real way, just like Isaiah was, uh, there are... Literally millions upon millions, billions of people in the presence of God right now that could be considered heaven. So I'm not entirely sure what Pastor Al's uh, point was making. So it's hard to speak to what he was saying. I'm sure there was a deeper explanation than that. Um, but the idea that the that heaven will be uh, the first the first people in the presence of God will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. Uh, we know that. Um, we know that that there's a special judgment reserved for them, uh, for the antichrist and the false prophet, and uh, we know that there will be um, there will be an amazing judgment uh, that comes upon them. But the idea of <clears throat> you know where uh, in Revelation chapter twenty, uh, verse ten, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. Um, not insurely, I'm not entirely uh, sure uh, what um, what you heard on Pastor Al's, uh what on his on whatever he heard, whatever whenever, whichever Bible study he was teaching. So I would encourage you to email Pastor Al directly, uh, and he can explain to you what he was teaching in that section. But I don't read of the Antichrist and the false prophet being the first people in heaven um, because they're thrown, according to Revelation um, 20, Revelation chapter 19, um, they were thrown into the lake of fire. 303 Is it biblical? Here's a text question. Is it biblical? We're waiting for the phone lines to light back up. They're all lit, so... I know we're getting some calls screen right now. Is it biblical for modern-day Christians to take homeless poor into their houses? Yes. If so, why aren't we doing that more in the state that we live in? Now, when you ask the question, is it biblical, I'm interpreting that question, is it something that the Bible teaches? Yes. But it's not a universal instruction for every single believer to bring in every single homeless person. That's not... That that's not a biblical instruction, but is it okay? Is it righteous? Is it is it okay for some people to um, bring homeless into their homes? Yes. Uh, if so, what? When you say if so, it's almost like the text question. You imply that that's mandated. Is it a biblical mandate? And the answer is no. It's not a biblical mandate, uh, and you follow up the question. Aren't we supposed to love people in the kingdom and make disciples? Yes, we are. And many people are called directly to minister and serve the homeless people. Some people are called to minister and serve the sick. Some people are called to minister and serve through the teaching and proclamation of the Bible. So there are a lot of different responsibilities that are placed upon. And if you have a biblical conviction to take the homeless poor into your houses, then by all means obey God and do what he's called you to do. 303-690-3000 is the number. Got an open line. Encourage you to pick it up. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Here's a text question. I know someone who is gay. How do I begin sharing the gospel with them? What should I tell them? Well, first of all, Uh, I would not allow the sin that a person chooses to participate in be a stumbling block to you. So this this note could easily say, I know someone who's a thief. I know someone who's a liar. I know someone who is um, a variety of different sins. How do I begin sharing the gospel with them? Well, you've already begun sharing the gospel with them by being their friend, by connecting with them and treating them like a human being. Because in order for them to understand the gospel, they're going to need to understand that Jesus Christ died for human beings. That he himself, the eternal son of God, took on a human body and came to earth. And sacrificed his life in exchange for our lives so that we might be made perfect in Christ. So the friendship and relationship is very important And how do you begin sharing the gospel with them? You look for those open doors to talk to them about the cross. Um, You don't need to correct them necessarily about their sin as much as you do bring them to the cross, bring them to the love of Jesus Christ, answer their Bible questions, but be careful not to make it all about the lifestyle that they've chosen to live. It's certainly part of the discussion. Don't misunderstand me at all. I know some people are listening in right now. Oh, Ed, you're just telling them to avoid the issue. No, 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 no. If that's what you think you miss you misunderstand what I'm saying and you misunderstand me. I just believe that it doesn't have to be the first thing that we talk about. It doesn't have to be the only thing we talk about, even though it is a real issue. The other thing I would say is I'm I, people are not projects to us. So when I'm thinking about sharing the gospel with someone who's in a lifestyle of sin or has chosen a lifestyle of sin, that my the project isn't to, Uh, get them out of that lifestyle. My project is to lift Jesus up in their lives. My project, or, or I wouldn't even say project, but my responsibility is to share with them the great love and grace of Jesus Christ. And of course, the gospel includes difficulty as well. It includes difficult things like the fact that we must admit that we've sinned against a holy and a righteous God. And even teaching someone to define sin. I would buy them a Bible as a gift and ask them to read the Gospel of John uh, because the Gospel of John was written so that people would read it and believe in the Son, Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of different ways to build a bridge, but be sure you build a bridge and don't make the person sin the big big deal uh, because sin is sin, small, bigger, medium. But I do think re- acknowledging sin is absolutely a part of the gospel. Repenting from sin is absolutely part of the gospel. And so you're going to get there eventually. But if the only thing you talk about is, is uh, homosexuality is a sin, uh, you may miss the whole point of bringing about the reality of the love of God. <clears throat> because the Bible says, don't you know it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance It's His goodness, not a thorough explanation of why something is a sin, although you may need that. That's just not the essence. Thanks for your question. You guys are giving me a a ton of questions on on our text line. We have a dedicated texting line here for Calvary Live. It's 720-336-0897. We're coming up on the end of the first half And we do have a water baptism tonight. If you've never been water baptized in obedience to the Word of God, then come out to Calvary Church tonight. We would love to be a part of your step of obedience in water baptism. We'll be doing that tonight in our sanctuary, indoors, uh, starting at 7 p.m. We're going to worship together. We are going to pray together. And then we are going to baptize in water, full submission. Anyone that's ready that is born again, that has never been water baptized, should be baptized, and we would love to do that. You don't need to be a part of this church in order to be water baptized here. You just have to be born again, and that's what matters. And understand that baptism doesn't save you. We do not believe the Bible teaches in baptismal regeneration. Baptism doesn't save a person, but a saved person is water baptized. Uh, And we're doing that tonight right here in the sanctuary So if you want to come out, we are on Hampton, one block east of Tower Road, here in Southeast Aurora, and we would love to be a part of this obedient step in your life. Pastors will be here, uh, and we are looking forward to gathering together. What a service our baptism service is. So you hear the music. We'll be right back. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. This is Calvary Live on Grace FM.
1: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303 690 3000
0: or text us at 720 336 0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. I was away for a couple weeks. I know we played some encores and had some guests host, but it's good to be back. Tonight, tonight, tonight is our final water baptism of the year. If you've not been water baptized as a believer, it is a command of Jesus Christ, and Jesus said, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. So we're going to be here, whether you're being water baptized or not, a lot of people kind of check out on this service, well, I'm not being water baptized, so I can skip out, but you can be an encouragement we used to do our water baptisms up at the reservoir, but they hiked the rates so high for us to rent the reservoir that we it forced us to rethink how we do baptisms, and we started these uh, midweek um, baptism services. They're amazing. And so we've got three baptismals laid out. The water's all warm, ready for you, and we would love to have you come out and be water baptized. If you don't know what water baptism is, go to our app on your phone or your tablet, and just put in the word water baptism. I taught a Bible study explaining water baptism and what we believe on the topic. And just we'll ask you in the water if you know what you're doing. Give us an explanation. I'm actually going to share a little five minute message on water baptism too. So I'll explain it tonight because it's not as complicated as some religions and some churches have made it. Uh, it's uh, you you read in the in the um, Very first water baptism to ever take place within the church was uh, when uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the thousands of souls that believed, and then they watered. Can you imagine? People, you know, we don't take into account uh, sometimes the reality of the situation, but how do you baptize 3,000 people? I mean, that's going to—even in the river, that's going to take a long time. We baptize in a little section of the Jordan River, and, and it takes us hours just to do 25 people. Uh, a couple an hour and it takes some time because uh, because of the dialogue and the discussion. So like, like baptism is an amazing service. We're going to be here tonight. We're going to have worship, we're going to pray together, then we're going to have uh, water baptism. So come on out Calvaryco.church is our church website and you can get our app. If you put Ed Taylor in the search engine, uh, you'll come up with both our apps, Grace FM and Calvary Church. And we'd love to have you. By the way, we're coming to the end of the year. And we're also asking you to support Grace FM financially. Just go to our website, gracefm.com, and sign up to be a regular supporter of Grace FM. Uh, it's your regular gifts. Uh, no gift is too small. and <laughs> No gift is too big either. Uh, and we would love to be blessed by your faithful ongoing support. Just go to gracefm.com. And hit the donate button, and there is a give link, uh, and it's right there on the page. There, Uh, it's so much easier, uh, and so much, uh, it's so much easier now to give, uh, and you can do it right there on our website, gracefm.com. You can also do it on our app, and um, we would, uh, because Grace FM is part of the church. Uh, it's a ministry of the church. You, you can give um, through both the both the giving things are the same um, the same giving module. and and we would love to partner together with you uh, and the giving uh, to the ministry here. So go for it. 303 690 And I always like to say, if you're listening to this on another Christian radio station, support your local Christian radio. We are not soliciting from you to give to Grace FM from another state. If you're listening to this on another radio station, give to that station, would you please, to keep local Christian radio, primarily radio that specializes in the systematic, exegetical, verse-by-verse teaching of that are known throughout Calvary chapels and other churches as well. Uh, So do that. Support Grace FM if you're listening on Grace FM. Support your local Christian radio if you're listening on another station. We're back to our phone lines, and we're going to pick up here to line one is an anonymous person calling from Denver. So welcome to the program
1: hi yes hi. i i just had a quick question um uh, i wanted to know is can you lose the presence of god um exactly just like how salt it um and i right now i'm kind of experimenting that okay. and i just i just had that question um i grew up just long story short i grew up in the christian christianity you know since i was little yes um and um, my father's son passed away two year, three years ago, mm. and um, I always thought that I would never be with anybody else, and, you know, I was always going to be alone. Yeah. And I, um, I ended up meeting this man, and it just felt so right, because he also was Christian, or is Christian, okay. and he grew up, you know, and, you know, his, his father was is a pastor, And it just it just felt right, you know. It kind of even felt from God, you know, that it was just it felt okay. But um, obviously things went, you know, one to another, and um, we were intimate, and we we still are. Uh, We're not married, Um, but I just felt that one night I just I felt guilty, and I felt that God like called me and told me to like get up and pray, and okay. I I, I kind of disobeyed, and I didn't, and ever since that night that I felt His presence to tell me to get up and pray, yeah. I didn't, and um, since that night, I haven't been able to <laughs> to feel His presence. I, I've been going to church, and when there's like, you know, the, the altar calling and stuff, yes. I, I've noticed that. Pastors and stuff like you know when they go and pray for you, I notice that they will be skip me, and I just feel like mm. God is kind of just mad at me, or He's kind of teaching me a lesson, or I mean I feel guilty, I really do, okay. but I, I just don't know what to do.
0: Well, let's go. Let's go to the to the question: Can we lose the presence of God uh, as? born-again believers. And the answer is no. Uh, we can't lose the presence of God in the sense that God will abandon us or leave us. Jesus promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. But here's what you're feeling. What you're feeling is the conviction of sin. And and like, it's like this. If you were to call and say, uh, Pastor Ed, is it possible that um, I I can uh, hide the son um, I would say to you, no, the sun is always going to be shining brightly. There's nothing you can do to stop the sh- sun from shining. It's always going to shine. But what can happen is that through, through your behavior, you can lose the opportunity to enjoy the sun, right? You could You could put an umbrella over you and you would shade yourself from the sun, but the sun is always there. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. Well, yeah. just even greater than the sun, God mm-hmm. is always there. And what, what's happening through your behavior right now? You are blocking the benefits of relationship with God through your sinful behavior. And He hasn't left you, and He has now. I, I, because of the part of your question, let me let me back up just a little bit and say, um, and not assume this. I am considering that the way, the reason why you're calling me is that you are a born again Christian. You have repented of your sins. And accepted Jesus Christ into your life? Is that have you done that in your life yet? Yes, yes. So then when you describe the altar call, um, you're just feeling guilty and you want to rededicate your life?
1: Right. And I feel like it's this a repetitive thing that I'm doing because I want to apologize yes. to God. But I just feel like I'm not worthy because I'm still committing sin.
0: Well, you're, you're, you are you're know, that's where we get mixed up a little bit because there's truth and lie to that. that it's true that none of us are worthy. Um, I'm not committing sexual sin right now, and I hope I never do, but I, I'm not worthy. Um, you're, in, you're in sexual sin right now, and you're feeling the weight and consequences of that, and you're not worthy. Like, the worthiness that's placed upon our life is not because of our behavior. It's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our life. And guilt... Now, it sounds like you might have been raised kind of more of a guilty home or like guilt moved you, but God uses guilt to draw you to himself. And the clear answer for you is to stop having sex with this man. He is not leading you in the way of righteousness. And it's it's not God's will for you. And I know I'm repeating this for the sake of the Holy Spirit to use it, but it's not God's will for you to engage in repetitive unrepentant sin that you just keep going back to the way that the way to not get into this routine of sinning and back and sinning and back is to cease from sin and the bible says if you resist the devil he'll flee from you you know all of this a lot of the weight and guilt that you're feeling is because of your sin and you know the problem with this the problem is is that we sin all the time but when we willfully choose to sin like this it really reveals to us the distance that we have in our relationship with God, and that's what you're feeling right now. You're not feeling the absence of God. What you're feeling right now is the weight of the sin and guilt that's in your life, and it's like putting your you know while we can't we can't remove the sun, we can't stop the sun, we can block the sun, and we can block just by our hands. We could put our hands over our eyes and say, ha ha ha, I don't see the sun. You're not there anymore. No, you're just blocking it, and that's what's happening in your relationship with God right now. Through this particular behavior, you know that it's wrong, and and even though you know it, that it's wrong, you allow the the temptation. You give in to the temptation, and then the the devil is such a rat. He he's such an evil, wicked being because. On uh, one side of our ears, he says, oh, go ahead. It's no big deal. You, God will forgive you. And then as soon as you sin, the devil comes to the other side of your ears and says, you're rotten. You're horrible. You're a horrible believer. You'll never make it. God hates you. And he, re- he removed, he doesn't want anything to do with you. And it's all just the lie. Both sides, anything the devil tells you um, that will distance you from God is a lie. And the way out in your life right now is to have a godly sorrow, which I, I hear in your voice. And godly sorrow right. always leads to repentance. Right. And so today could be the very beginning of a strong repent. That means you might, be, you might lose this relationship. But losing this right. relationship would draw you closer in your relationship with God. And it may mean you lose the relationship the way it is right now. And you put your foot down and say, this is the wrong way for us to live our lives. If you want to continue with me, you need, if you want to continue in a relationship with me, the, the, you're going to have to come to church with me and sit down with a pastor. And we need, we need help because we're not doing it right. And if he says, I, I agree with you, we need help. Let's go and speak with a the pastor. Then, man, that's a great sign. You may keep the relationship. But if he says, forget you, I'm not going to talk to no pastor. I mean, I could do whatever I want. I don't think it's wrong. Well, then you kind of know that what's been revealed is this is not the man for you. Because you need a man that's stronger than you. You need a man that's going to lead you in righteousness. You need a man. And this man could very well be that man, but he isn't doing it right now. Right. So here's what happens. And I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, but I want you to hear it for the sake of everyone listening in, here's what happens. People get into the cycle of sin where they beat themselves up like as a punishment and then it, it it wears off, then they sin again and then they beat themselves up and like a it, instead of repenting and accepting the finished work, you can't add anything to the finished work of Jesus Christ and part of the reason, you I'm, I'm, again, this is going to be hard and I just want you to accept it and, and pray through it, okay? Part of the reason you're in this cycle, it's not the whole reason, but part of the reason you're in this cycle is that you've developed the habit that if you beat yourself up enough, it encourages you to go have more sex. And you don't have a full vision of the finished death and resurrection of Jesus Christ who has saved you from this lifestyle. So listen again, I'm going to repeat it. Part of the pattern you've developed is actually a very fleshly pattern that as you beat yourself up, you kind of feel guilty enough where it wears off. Then you get into another season of, well, it's okay. And then you go right into having the sexual relations again that you start beating yourself up because you won't look to the cross. If you saw the bloody beaten Jesus who died for you, it would speak to your heart about how much he loves you and how valued you are more valuable Than a sexual relationship that's sinful with another man. Your son is more valuable. To have a mom that honors God and honors her own body. And doesn't choose to beat herself up. But rather chooses to humble herself before God. And make the hard decisions. Not only for herself, but as a discipleship for her son. And it's not just this sin that people do this. It's, it's, it's. Any sin, it's like this, you know. You're, you know, as you get into this pattern, you won't forgive yourself. You beat yourself up. You feel very guilty. The pattern is almost like this. You, you, it's almost like you're saying these words, God, uh, I, I, I'm gonna be God right now, and if I was God, I wouldn't forgive me, and I would abandon me. So I will treat myself like I think God is, and I'll just continue this lifestyle. And I know you don't think that, but that's kind of the. I know you've never said those words, but that's the life you're living. You're like, I'm going to be God instead of accepting the finished work of Christ in your life, looking to him, trusting in him, clinging to him even in your loneliness. You know, you're thinking like, man, I don't I can't win it. If I choose God, then he'll abandon me. And if I choose him and sex, then God abandons me. Well, that's a lie, isn't it? Because God never abandons you. Never. And if this guy abandons you because you want to hold to a holy standard with your body, then let him go. Because he's really not abandoning you. God is protecting you. And you know, let me say one more thing. I really think this is from the Lord. With grief, and as you're grieving the loss of your son's dad, I heard you correctly, right? It's the father of your son? Correct. As you're grieving the loss, of your father's son or excuse me of your son's father that fear of losing someone again has a lot to do with your connection and of course add to that what the bible says is that when you have sex with someone you become one with them and there's a cosmic supernatural connection with them and you've got these feelings they're very powerful but feelings don't always tell you the truth And I, have you ever processed the grief that you were going through and the loss of your son's father? Not really. That may be a great way to spend a, a, a large amount of time. I, I, it's fresh on my mind right now because I just did some recordings for for abounding Grace and one of them or, or no, it was actually um, it was actually in the break. There was a spot about our grief share ministry here and our um, blue Christmas and our our um, services that we're providing for those that are grieving right now. And and I think listening to you, I know you've got a lot of hard decisions to make. I know that really the, the decisions aren't hard, actually. They're easy decisions. It's keeping them that will be hard. But the good news is is it's not your own energy and not your own effort. You don't have to try hard. God is inside of you, and he loves you, and he's jealous for you. And if you decide to abide in Christ, God will match that with his forever power inside of you and you can say no that's the most powerful word in your vocabulary when it comes to sexual sin is no no i won't do it i'm not going to do this anymore it's and in the big thing that you're feeling right now are the consequences of sin it's not the abandonment of god it's the consequences of your sin
1: Well, thank you for reassuring me that, you know, God hasn't left me, and thank you for
0: your work. You're welcome. I know it's hard, and it's going to be hard, but it's going to get harder if you don't turn today.
1: Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Now, let me ask you a question, just one more thing. When you said that you would go up to the response of the altar call, and did I hear you correctly? You said it's like they don't pay attention to you when you go up there?
1: It's not that they don't pay attention to me or anything. It's just like, that it's, sometimes it's the altar call. Sometimes it's just like, uh, you know, when they go up to the altar and pray and stuff. And yes. I just, I feel like, you know, how the pastor preaches, or I'm sorry, prays um, for each individual that goes up to the altar. Yes. I, I just feel like they never put their hands on me or they just kind of skip me. And it's like, it's like as if they knew, you know, okay. that I, I was coming Okay, yeah, I did sorry, hear you. Yeah.
0: Okay, so here's, here's, so I did hear it correctly. So here's what I'm going to do I'm going to publicly acknowledge you. And I'm going <laughs> to publicly uh, acknowledge that you have come with a need that you have represented, that this phone call represents to you seeking help on a very difficult situation in your life, seeking godly help. And I'm going to acknowledge you and I'm going to put my hand up here in the studio and it's going to be as if I was putting it on your shoulder, and I'm going to pray for you as if you were at the, up at the altar, okay? Yeah. And so, Father, I pray for this sister who comes to you and, and is acknowledging to you the, the significant difficulty in her life that, that's been brought about by her feelings, been brought about by her hurt, been brought about by her pain and confusion, but also been brought about by her sinful decisions, that she acknowledges to you uh, that she feels guilty over. And I ask, God, that you would take that guilt and turn it into godly sorrow, a sorrow for your godliness in her life, a true depth of her sin, like in Psalm 51 where it says, David says, he sinned against you, God, and you alone. And I pray that you would enable her and empower her, reminding her of your presence in her life, turn away and flee from sexual immorality and flee from this bondage in her life that might open up a channel for her to enjoy sweet fellowship and deeper relationship with you again. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much.
0: Stay in touch. I want to hear. Even if it, even if you fail, uh, I want, stay in touch so we can walk you through this and 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 I do think you need to get some help from your church um, on this relationship issue, so you're not alone. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank All you right. so much. I appreciate
0: it. All right. You're welcome. Bye bye. Thanks. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. What a powerful reminder that our feelings are so power are so strong, but they don't always tell us the truth. And one of the truths, uh, one of the un- untruths, one of the lies that our feeling tells us that God doesn't love us. That he doesn't care, that is that the cross isn't sufficient, that you that, that he's abandoned us, that he's run away from us, that he doesn't care anymore. I mean, those are all lies from the pit of hell, just not true. 303 3000 We've got Deborah is calling in from Lakewood, Colorado. Deborah, welcome to the program. Oh, we don't have Deborah anymore. Is it Is it Christina? I don't have, nobody's on. Oh, maybe, the, is the button not working? Sorry, Frank. I don't know what's happening here. Maybe I'm um, hitting, let's try it again. Chris, uh, Deborah, Christina. <laughs> well, let me get to a text question real quick. Maybe I got the wrong thing here, uh, which is a very possible. I heard a pastor say that Noah and his family was chosen uh, because they were the only ones left with pure blood, other people mixed with angels, fallen angels who slept with women. Is that true? No. Noah was found as the only righteous person along with his family, and he was chosen by grace. And by the grace of God and Noah's response to the faithfulness of God, the lineage of Messiah was restored. But it wasn't because the way that your pastor described it, the way that you texted it in. So thank you for your call. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Esther is on line three. Let's try it this time. Esther, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Pastor. Ann. Yay!
0: Got it right this time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> You're totally fine. Okay, what's so, up? I've been trying to make like prayer and reading the Bible a big priority in my life, especially now that I'm in college, but I just find that, like, between all my classes and all the studying that we're expected to do, I barely get time to eat, much less, like, read my Bible or like, fully awake to read it, and I'm rushing to classes in the morning and studying until, like, 1 or 2 a.m. every night, and I really want to spend time in, like, a fellowship or, like, one-on-one with God, but I just haven't been able to do that, and I was wondering if you had any suggestions on, like, how to make it a habit, especially with just, like, all this crazy running around all the time.
0: Well, Esther, you definitely have um, launched off into a, a new life with more pressure, more difficulty, more challenges, and, of course, the, the course of study that you've chosen, because, Esther, I know who you are, uh, the course of study that you've chosen poses even more challenges because it's not one of those things where you can slam-dunk the studying like it really mm-hmm. requires – so, so the, the thing is, is that here's a couple things, though, some thoughts for you to consider. Number one, you may need to study a little bit less. And what I, what I mean by that is is the, and this may or may not be true about you, but the perfectionist in a person like you can cause them never to be satisfied with what they do. And when you're never satisfied with what you do, then you like the previous caller you got these heaps of guilt upon you and mm-hmm. things start to suffer and i wonder if you could carve out let even just 15 minutes where you right. you dedicate 15 minutes at the front end of the day the back mm-hmm. end of the day or i remember when and a lot of guys a lot of pastors do this you know they they're working a full-time job and then they're pa- pastoring and planting a church and and they're raising a young family and and mm-hmm. whatever it might be that the the challenge for time because it's it's a unrenewable commodity right time does not renewed yeah. uh, once it's lost so that so that if you carve out time you know that God is going to honor that time and um, maybe the perfectionist did I touch on anything when I mentioned perfectionism I
1: mean some extent, I haven't been as perfectionist in college. Okay, good, <laughs> good, 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 it, good,
0: because that's a controlling, you know, that's a controlling emotion in our lives, uh, because mm-hmm. we're never satisfied with the end product, and and then and then I and then I come back and say, okay, um, for me, uh, the best time for me uh, is is at well, really, it used to be at night, in the end of the night. Now it's in the morning. I actually do devos better in the morning now. Than mm-hmm. I do at night, and like today, um, I got a little bit of time before I drove to the office. Um, but my Devo time was in the car, and so I was. Mm-hmm. I, I have about twenty minutes to get into church, and I I chose to listen to a Bible study um, uh, because I I was able to spend about ten minutes in the Word this morning, uh, and then I had another fifteen or so minutes in the car, and so I I instead of listening to music or our uh, talk radio, which I don't do much of anyway. I listened to a Bible study. And and I even actually was able to use what I learned in that study uh, with somebody that I was ministering to today. And so, car, I think you need to make a commitment, number one. Just like you made a commitment to school, the yeah. commitment to school cannot precede or supersede the commitment that you've made to the Lord. Otherwise, you're going to dry up. And then the other thing is celebrate the time that you do. Celebrate the the mm. minute here, the five minutes there. Audio Bibles have helped me a lot when I'm not able to read. Because I mean, your mind's fried too, right? So like you're just <laughs> your mind's already fried, and so I love the Bible app because it'll read the Bible to me. And uh, that's what Marie does in the morning. She just let the Bible read to her, um, and investing that time. So here I'm gonna. Um, Sign off on the show, but I'm going to walk into the studio and finish the call, okay? So don't hang
1: thanks
0: up. Hey, thanks for calling to Calvary Live. Glad you were here. Water baptism tonight. Uh, come on out, 7 o'clock here at Calvary Church. We'd love to have be a part of what God's doing in your life through this step of obedience. God bless you guys. Lord willing, we'll be back on the air same time tomorrow right here on Grace FM or the station you're listening to. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.